Hey guys, I'm Rain, and welcome to Web Chats, where we find the most interesting people on the internet and bring them on to hear their stories. Some of the topics we cover can be funny, interesting, maybe even a little weird, and we do get into some pretty heavy topics, things like substance abuse, suicide, sex abuse, domestic violence. So a quick trigger warning, if you're sensitive to any of those things, you're going to want to think about that before you proceed with any of our episodes, because sometimes it comes up a little bit unexpectedly. If you hear me giving advice to anybody on the show, it's just coming from my own personal experiences and it's coming from my heart, but I am not a trained professional. I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people, so I have a lot to pull from, but I am not a trained professional. The last thing before we get into the show is I want to share a few resources that may be useful for you or somebody you know. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. The National Child Abuse Hotline. 800-422-4453 and 24-hour drug and alcohol abuse support line, including an optional 24-hour admittance to rehab is 877-987-6071. Okay, now let's get into the show. Hey everybody, this is episode three of Web Chats. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We're definitely enjoying making it. Today's conversation is about emotional abuse and it's about rape. And so anyway, I want to read this story, a part of the story that Justina posted to the group so you can see where she's coming from and then we'll get into the talk. So this is what she said. I had 50-50, she's talking about custody. I had 50-50 with the father of my children when he lived in the same town as me. Everything was fine until he moved two and a half hours away. I told him that would complicate things with school as my daughter was going into kindergarten. He told me he would take them every other weekend, every other holiday, like our 50-50 agreement, and then of course breaks and when school was out. I even worked with him, with our youngest who wasn't in school yet, to have the same schedule till he started school. I've always tried to co-parent with him. I do believe my children having a father is important. So I believed him. Not even a week after him moving, he would continually try to push to have the kids live with him. I told him no continually. Finally, he started threatening to not bring them back when he had them for the weekend. He did it almost every single time he had my kids. He would bring them back, but not until after giving me panic attack after panic attack. I told him since he didn't get the kids as much, he could have them most of the summer, again, trying to work with them. Well, it was in the summer, the day before he was supposed to bring them back to me for school. That night he called me. He said he wasn't bringing them. He told me they were going to school there. I had a complete meltdown, a huge panic attack. So much, in fact, my friends had to come over and consult me, saying, He always does this. He'll bring them back. They leave. I work from home and I was conversing with a client to bring money for an upcoming order they were making. Instead, it was a man who took advantage of my fragile state. He came into my home, put a gun to my head, tied my hands behind my back and sexually assaulted me. The father of my children found out and then told my sister that next day that he was taking the kids. He enrolled them both in school there where I specifically told him no, and he made it seem he was going to help me. However, when I went to visit my kids after everything, still very hurt emotionally and physically, he told me that the kids couldn't stay with me as they had school that night. I told him no, they're staying with me, and I can take them to school. He then put his hands on me, twisting my hand back and forcefully pulling my four-year-old son from my arms. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Justina. Justina, are you there? Hello. Hey, there you are. Hey. <laughs> I was just like, I, was, I think I was talking to your sister and I was like a little 
thrown off that it was a guy. So that's all. I was just like, what is going on? Because I thought I would be talking to a woman. But we're oh, good. Oh, no, okay. Good. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. I hope that doesn't make you uncomfortable. No, no, no. I mean, it did at first because I was like, what am I? Because, you know, like this is so random. So I'm just sure. making sure, sure you know, sure. I'm just a little on edge about that kind of thing. I know that's probably weird, but no, you're fine. You're fine. No, no, it's not weird. And I'm sorry for throwing you off like that. And I'll actually take note of that. I think I, I mentioned something to Amber about that. She's working as our producer, but she's also my sister. We come from the same mom. And I did mention this, something to her about that the other day that like, I wonder if when we're reaching out to ladies, if you should let them know that I'm a guy because I don't want it to be off putting. And you kind of just confirmed that, that like we should give people a heads up. Cause I don't want well, it. To yeah. Be Cause like, it was so random. And then I see some guy on there and then she messages me. So yeah, it was just, it's not, I was just a little confused is all. But we're okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Okay. How, let me ask you this before we get started. How do you feel about profanity? Do you want me to try to keep it clean or do you? No, no, you... no. It's okay. I've been very open about a lot of things. So. Okay. So let, let me start by just kind of reviewing a bit of what I do know about your story. And then I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of tell me more, but so you mm-hmm. have 50, 50 custody with the father of your, what, what, how many kids do you have? And, and what are they boys and girls? Please let me know that. I have, a, I have two kids. I have a daughter and a son. Daughter and a son. Okay. I have four kids, two boys, two girls. And how old are your, your kids, your daughter and son? My daughter is seven and my son is four. Uh, and with the same dad? Yes. Okay. So were you guys married? No, we were never married. Okay. Me neither. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so you were never, but how long were you together? We were together five years before I left him. Okay. The relationship when you were together, how was it? Um, it was started off good. He was really charming. I was really insecure. And mm. I think he, he knew that. So he was just this guy that came along in my life that I was like, so just in awe of. And I was like, Oh my gosh, no guy is ever going to, you know, look at me the way this guy does. And sure. he's so good looking and I'm not that pretty. You know, I was just very insecure. Sure. So it started off good. And then the day that, um, we found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm going to shut the door because my, I don't want my, hear, my kids hearing this. They're home right now and I just don't want them hearing this. Stuff. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So basically the day that I got pregnant with my, my daughter, we, he was trying to find work and he wasn't getting any like luck. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, well, we need to move down to Texas. And I didn't know anyone there. I didn't have any friends, family he completely took me from my home, which I thought he was just going to support me, love me, you know, um, be there for while I was pregnant with our daughter. You trusted him. Uh, literally the next day I went down there, uh, he choked me out. Wow. So do you feel like a, this was a premeditated thing that he was trying to remove you from your surroundings? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Looking, wow. looking at bad at, back at it now. Um, it was something where it was like, he, you know, he was alienating me from my friends, from my family. And the, he found a really easy way of doing it because I was pregnant with, you know, our daughter. You were vulnerable and he had a good excuse. Vulnerable. We need to make was, money. And, yeah, yeah, we need yeah. money. I, yeah. So I followed him and went down there and I will never forget uh, that day. We were just playing around. I was joking around with him and I accidentally hit him in the balls, which 
I know a lot of women have done that, just playing around with a guy, you know. Of course right. they're hurt. Of course things are going to, you know, yeah. they may get angry. They may just, you know, say, go away for a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. immediately we were just joking around and he looked at me with such pure anger in his eyes and just grabbed my neck and choked me While you're as pregnant. hard as possible. And then it was like I knew. I knew what I got myself into. Uh. And from there on, it was just not a good relationship, to put it lightly. He was very... Um, he was more emotionally abusive than he was physically. Um, which I, I also want to like, for, for people listening, like that is so detrimental to you. I feel like there were times where he would say such cruel, mean things to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, like literally telling him, why don't you just beat me? Like, I wish you would just hit me because wow. this hurts way more than it would be for you to just beat the crap out of me and treat me good. And he'd be like, you're oh. crazy. Why would you say that? But it's so true. Like, and I feel like there was such a stigma to emotional abuse. Like it was sad. Like I would tell the cops, I remember calling the cops and they'd be like, well, we, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, unless he's hitting on you, hitting you. And it's, it's so sad that there's Mm. really no, you know, there's really no, you, they have to physically touch you for you Mm. to get any kind of restraining order. And he was just very, very, very emotionally abusive. And so much in fact that like, I gained a ton of weight. I was, you know, I was depressed. I was, you know, and the only thing that kept me holding on was my beautiful daughter when she was born. Mm. Um, That's, you know. So that time, that time that he choked you, was that the last time he was physically abusive? Um, no, he was physically abusive. There were times where he would like, um, we'd get into, it was the bulk of it was emotional abuse, but there were times where he would like push me, um, one time he like, he took my hand and he twisted it back to get my phone. He broke my phone. He broke my makeup. Like it was very, uh, yeah. I mean, he was smart about the abuse. I would say like, he would never like physically punched me. Right. He never physically made like markings on me where like, oh, he did, but they wouldn't like last long. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, it wasn't like a very physical abusive relationship, but yeah, I would say both for sure. I mean, let me ask you this. I I hear you. Let me ask you this because I think this is the most unanswered question in history when it comes to abuse. And I, I, I don't even know if you know, but maybe in hindsight, you do know why after the first time when he choked you, did you not leave right away? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's because these men, um, they, they condition you to think that this is the best you're going to get. So they manipulate you into thinking this is it for me, you know, and they already prey on really insecure women. Uh, I know I was so insecure back then that I just believed this was it. This was the best I was going to get. Um, so, and I was pregnant with our daughter. And so there were so many things where he just, and he was, you know, he was, and it wasn't all bad. That's the thing where you, like, people don't understand, like, when mm. someone says, oh, I'm in an abusive relationship, they think that, you know, you're going to, they're going to be beating the crap out of this person and yelling at them 24 right. seven. No, right. that's not it at all. Like there were times where he would bring me flowers. Mm. He would buy me things. He would, you know, he was very smart. It's very at, confusing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I was like, a, like I, how I explain it is like, I was like a bee and he was like trapping me slowly. You know, once mm. he got me where he wanted me, I wasn't going to leave, you know? Like I was, I was trapped. I was there and I felt stuck. He made me feel stuck. He would say things like, you know, you're, where are you going to go? You can't not, there was multiple times I tried to leave him. Mm. Um, but he would be like, you know, you're going to be homeless. Like you, you need me. And like, and he's like legit. And you believed him. 
yeah, he manipulated me into thinking that I needed him, that mm-hmm. I couldn't do it without him, that I was stuck. I remember crying to my sister multiple times at night saying, I don't know what to do. I want to leave. And I would express it all the time. Like, I got to get out of this. This is not healthy for me. This is not healthy for my children. I don't want them to see this kind of relationship. This is so bad. And I'm stuck. I have like, what am I going to do? I have no money. He's the Mm -hmm. breadwinner. Uh, I have, I'm a stay at home mom. Like, what am I going to do? You know? So Mm -hmm. you feel stuck and Mm -hmm. you stay because you feel like that's what you deserve. And they make you feel like that. Unfortunately. What's the, I can understand that actually. I, I, although obviously I haven't been in that predicament, the way you describe it, I can understand it. I can understand how somebody can remove you from the area where you have your support system, family, friends, and whatnot, get you away from everybody, take you far away. You're pregnant. You already started off with kind of insecurities and being a vulnerable person and in a vulnerable situation. They're sweet sometimes. They're nice and charming sometimes. And then they just add enough pain, not enough to make you actually say, I've got to get out of here, but just right. It starts kinda, slow. Right. That's the thing. Yeah, it started yeah, yeah. very slow. There are little things that he would do yeah. and then I would just put up with it. Yeah. And then it, it grew like him choking me out. Like his excuse was, well, you punched me in the balls. I was mad. I'm sorry. I did that. That's almost on the borderline of understandable, even though it's totally unacceptable. That's totally it, unacceptable, but they make totally you feel like, yeah. But, but it's like, yeah. you hit me, I hit you. It's such a gray area there. Yeah, exactly. But you're and like, no, you way overreacted do. there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's exactly what he would do. And he would also turn things on me very, a lot, all the time. Like, it was mm. always my fault. I was always the problem. I'm spending too much money. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And was I perfect in our relationship? Absolutely not. But the way I describe it is if like you keep kicking a dog so much, what's going to happen? Right. Like a dog is on the ground. You keep kicking it over and over. Eventually it's going to bite back. Right. Right. Which is what I would do eventually. Eventually I would start fighting back with him. How? Eventually I would start so? to become, you know, angry and bitter towards him. And then it would become this just extremely toxic relationship. And, and I tried, I, I bent backwards and forward for this person and literally nothing I did was good enough. Nothing. And I remember telling them him that over and over. It's like, for instance, on my appearance, like, you know, we'd go somewhere and I would just be wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt with my hair up, no makeup, didn't care. You know, mm-hmm. I was just dealing with our kids and I was just tired and exhausted. He'd be like, Oh my gosh, why don't you dress up enough? Like you look like a bum. You look horrible. Okay. Wow. Then I would get dressed up. I would look, I would put makeup on. I would get, look really nice. I would try, which then he would laugh and say, Oh, you look like a whore. You you know? So it was like nothing I did ever good enough to make that man happy. And then he would, he would just keep breaking me down. Like, and it was little things. And over time it got bigger and it grew. And, um, eventually I started fighting back. Like, no, you're not going to talk to me like this. Like, no. You know, but what, this do you, is but what do you mean by fighting back? Like, like you guys would get in physical fights, or no? You just, I would never. No, get, I, I was. I'm okay. not a violent person. I would never hit sure. him. I, I can never do that. Um, and I can. You know what though? The thing mm-hmm. is, is in these kind of relationships, I could see that happening for someone if, who. If you're that kind of person, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not that person, but I could right. see it absolutely. And then totally. that's when it just becomes extremely toxic and just not a healthy relationship. But, um, no, there would just be things like I wouldn't listen to him, and I would do what I would become like. I would just become very like, you know, he would say, you can't spend this. And I'm like, well, F you, I'm going to get it anyways. You know, I made this money, blah, blah, blah. And then I was the problem. I remember he'd always be like, you spend too much money, bills before, blah, blah, blah. And like, he would just scream and 
And, and honestly, I thought it was normal. I thought that was a normal relationship. He made me feel like this is it. This is hard. A relationship is hard. We have to get through these things. And I literally thought this was a healthy, I felt not healthy, but I, I knew it when we weren't healthy. However, mm. I thought that this was what a relationship was. You thought this is just the normal hard work that I it did. takes to get to a, a better relationship. I genuinely did. It wasn't yeah. until we left Texas. Um, you know, I remember one time we were in, te- we got our own place mm-hmm. and the electricity didn't get turned on. And I just remember, you know, a lot, a lot of this stuff, I feel like he's put me so much through so much emotional uh, trauma that I blocked out quite a bit of it, but mm-hmm. I can remember stuff here and there. And I just remember um, so the electricity didn't get turned on when we first got there and some of our food got spoiled and, and he blamed it on me. Oh. He screamed in my face, yelled at me. And, and he screamed and just, I remember he just like got right in my face and screamed and yelled. And I was just like shaking and trembling and I didn't know what to do. Wow. You know, I was pregnant with our daughter at the time. And I was just, wow. I was like a scared puppy, just terrified, like ready for him to hit me. You right. know, it was horrible. Um, and we did end up moving back to my close to my family because ultimately I had just had my daughter and I, we went to visit mm-hmm. and I missed my family. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. And then his family moved. So then of course he moved. So because his family moved, he was like, all right, well, we can move too. So then Mm -hmm. we all moved back to where family was closer. Mm -hmm. And that's actually when I started to um, distance myself from him because I had that support then. Mm -hmm. So I had people being like, Justina, he can't treat you like this. My Mm -hmm. friends were telling this. My family was telling me this. But of course, it still took years after that, you know, so because I still put up with it because I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like I was, then I got pregnant with my son Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, you know. And then eventually it was probably like six wow. months before I left him. I just completely, I just remember I had no love for him anymore. I, I didn't feel love. I, I started to um, speak to men and it wasn't, I wasn't trying to cheat on him, but it was like, oh. these men were so nice to me mm. that it was like, I started to realize like, oh my mm. gosh, like I'm treated so horribly. I can't do this anymore. Like yeah. this guy, I barely know is talking to me. And I, I, I literally like, he's talking to me, telling me, um, I started a business when I moved back up here and, mm. um, he never supported me with that. Like at all. He'd be like, you know, you got, this is, you know, this is fucking ridiculous. Like this is just, this is going to go fucking nowhere. Your, your, right. your stuff looks like shit. And wow. like, he was never supportive of my dreams or my wishes. And he'd always be like, well, you know, you need to get a real fucking job. This isn't a real job. And, um, and I also think a big reason why he hated that I started a business, I was starting to make my own money. Right. And when you start to make your own money, that's like me slowly being able to realize, okay, maybe I can do it without you, right. you know? So then slowly my business was starting to get bigger and, and, it, and it intimidated him. Mm. And he kept trying to shut it down and kept trying to. Um, but I think I remember the day I left him and people always ask me like, what did you know? Why did you choose that day? To be honest, it really wasn't anything he did. He didn't do anything that day. It was all the things he did uh, five years of our relationship. It finally, it took a toll on me. I remember laying in bed, we were engaged. Um, and I had, I was looking at the ring on my finger and I was thinking like, this is going to be my life. I am so miserable. Mm. I am not happy. And I'm looking over at him and I just feel disgust. I feel pure utter disgust. I have no, I, I didn't feel I wasn't in love with him anymore. I didn't have any more love for him. I was so hurt. Mm. I was so like worn down, so tired. And like, I had these babies. I had my son who was, mm. 
I think like I would, he was like two years old, I think, or one year old. He was pretty young. And then my daughter who's like four and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was so fed up with it that I just remember I'm like, I'll be homeless before I, you know, so literally that day I told my sister, this is it. I'm leaving. And she's like, you said this so many times. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know I said that, but this time I mean it. Right. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? Because every time you tried to leave, you know, he would threaten you and then he'd take your phone and then he'd coax you right back into staying. I said, I know. So I'm going to have to leave him when he's at work. So what I did, he was at work. I took everything out of my home, everything that was mine, my children. And I went to a friend's house and I left a note for him. And it was actually really sweet. Um, I just said like, honestly, it was kind of pathetic how nice I was. I could have been mm, like, well, fuck mm, you. How could right. you do this to me? Like I literally like, do you wish you would have done that. No, okay. I don't okay. because I'm not that person and right. I don't want to be someone I'm not. Sure. So I gave him a really sweet note and I left the ring there. And I just said like, look, you know, my parents were, my dad was very abusive to my mom. I know if I stay, I'm going to become that I'm going to become, mm. and, and I have very much trauma related to, you know, my dad abusing my mom. He actually beat the crap out of her mm. multiple times. Police were there. And I just said, if I stay with you, I will become my mother. And that mm. is the, my biggest fear. You know, what's and, interesting is that can go either way, right? When you're exposed to abuse as a kid yourself, oftentimes that cycle repeats itself and you emulate that. And then you could have fallen into that same kind of statistic, right? Because you've seen it, so it's normalized to you. Exactly. But it's interesting that like that Mm kind of went the opposite way where you saw that and you said, no, I don't, I don't want that for my life. Yeah. I, I, and that's the thing. I think a big reason why I stayed with him for so long was also because of that, you know, I, that was the only example I had. So you do think, so you do think, so, so that's good. So you do think that maybe early on, having seen a lot of that growing up played into you being able to convince yourself that this is normal because it was kind of normal. Okay. Absolutely. That was what I saw as a kid. That's what I saw for my mom. But then, why do you think you snapped out of that? Why do you think like, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but I just really want to know your part. Like, why do you, why do you think you ever snapped out of that? Like, how did that not just persist and, and maybe even evolve to becoming worse and worse? What I think it's because I was growing up. I was, I, I was, I was growing up. I wasn't becoming this insecure person. I was changing. Mm. Um, you know, he got me when I was so insecure. I had no confidence in myself and I didn't, you know, I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think all these things. And, you know, and he kept reiterating that, but I think what happened was, and, um, you know, I, I, I got this business and it's, it's starting to grow, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm starting to see my worth. I'm starting to see like, holy mm. crap, I can do this. Mm. Holy crap. Like I am. Oh my gosh. Like people are really liking this. Like, look at this. This is insane. And that you know? gave you like, confidence. It gave me confidence. Right. Good for you. Good for so you. So then, so then I got, you know, a part-time job and I became, I started to be socializing more with people opposed to just being home with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that showed me like, I am more than just a mom. I can be a friend. I can be, you know, I can do this. Like I don't, wow. ha- I don't need him. So I think it was life experiences that kind of made me grow into a different, per- I became a different person. You know, I be- I was no longer insecure anymore. Um, as far as like my worth, I started to think, see my worth. Do you think this, and I like, dude, I can hear it in your voice, how confident and strong you are. And I love it. And I, and I wonder this about you. Do you think that because of what you went through in that relationship and because you allowed yourself to be taken advantage of in that way and 
kind of abused in a vulnerable state. Do you think that now makes you stronger because you feel like you've come back from that and you've overcome that and you won't let that happen to you again? Do you think that actually empowers you now at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had a lot happen to me more recently too, um, which I know get into that, but, uh, I, um, I will never put up with a man treating me like that ever again. That is why I'm still single. That is why I don't care um, to, to get into the, you know, and I think a lot of times men are really intimidated by me because I, I, I make it clear. Like as soon as I see any kind of red sign with you, like literally here's a door, fuck off. Mm. Because I will never, I will never let someone treat me like that again. I will never let somebody make me feel smaller than what I am you know, and, and he did that. He made me feel like the dirt of the earth and Mm. that I had no worth that all I was, was a a walking mom and a dishwasher and a, you know, he made me feel like it was Mm. like all way back in the day where all I had to cook and clean and take care of him and make sure everything was good with his needs, but not fuck you, you know, your needs are nothing. It was such a, just a toxic, unhealthy, relationship that, yeah, I think it absolutely made me grow into a stronger person. Absolutely. Seriously, a strong, independent person who loves themselves, you will not find them in those situations because they won't put up with it. Right. You know? Now, how do you think you became the type of person who was uh, vulnerable like that to begin with? Why were you the perfect target? Yeah, um, I was picked on a lot in school. Uh, and I think, I know that's kind of silly cause like, Oh, high school, but no, seriously, it does go into your adult years. It does affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, I never looked like the girls in, in, um, you know, I never looked like a typical Iowa girl, you know, I'm very unique looking. Mm-hmm. Um, now people are like, Oh my gosh, you're so pretty. But like right. back then, you know, you don't, you stand out. You, stick you don't want to be unique when you're young. You don't want to be unique when you're young. You want to fit into a mold. And I never fit into that mold. And I was called names. They called me dotty. I was picked on. I was, um, you know, I was raised in a strict religion. And so I didn't engage in the same things that all my friends did as far as sex was concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, so I never fit a mold. I was picked on a lot and Mm -hmm. I, a lot, and Mm -hmm. it really affected my self-worth and it it really affected my self-esteem even into high school, even after high school, Mm -hmm. even into an adult, because, you know, I was treated so horribly by all these people that I just, I started to see that, you know, like, Oh, you look like a guy, you know, then I would look at myself in the mirror and be like, Oh my God, I look like a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you know, you're not skinny enough. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you, you see that. So I was just very, just trying to, and I, when me and my ex, you know, um, got together, I was, I think it was like 22 and I was still trying to find myself, you know, and I was still struggling as far as that was concerned. And he got me at the best time where I was trying to find myself and I was still so influenced by what happened with high school and how I was treated. Um, so many things failed for me. I got actually got married at a really young age because of my religion and that failed and that really took a toll on me. Like, wow, I can't even be, I can't even be in a successful marriage. I was 19 years old when I got married and we literally got divorced within nine, nine months. Um, and then being that that was part of, you know, obviously your family and religious culture, I'm sure there was some kind of shame associated with that. Oh, absolutely. Too. I, you know, I just felt like, what well, I can never be good. I'm not good enough. That was always my thing. I'm not good enough. Why, I can, I, why can I not be good enough? And then I, I left that relationship because it was not healthy. It was really bad. It was, we were just so young 
and just so naive. And, you know, it was a huge mistake. And, you know, and I don't, looking back now, like, he's not a bad guy. He was not abusive, like my ex. Mm-hmm. We were just not, we just, our, our religion absolutely pushed, pushed us together. into getting married. Yeah. And, and it, it was not a healthy thing for us. It was, you, we were two completely different people. Are you and, Mormon? Yeah. I was Mormon. Yes. You were Mormon. Yeah. I love, I love how you knew that. <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, I've known lots and lots of people. We yeah, have a yeah. lot of close friends now that are Mormon. Yeah. The Mormon religion makes you feel like you have sex before marriage and you are like the highest sinner. It's like the highest sin below killing someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mom, can you let them play outside? Will you go out with them? Sorry, my son. Okay. No, fine, fine. Um, my mom's watching the kids. Um, so yeah you just feel downright like the worst sinner ever, you know, if you have sex before marriage and you're, and you're raised to believe like you got to get married and they get married so young. Mormons get married so young and it's like a normal thing for them. So I was raised like, as soon as you find someone that you feel like you're in love with, you got to marry him. And that's exactly what happened. This was guy, he was Mormon as well. And there was so much influence between both of us, both of our families, both of our religion, both of just so many things saying like, you got to get married. You got to get married. You got to get married. Right. We only dated for like three months before he proposed to me, which and that was normal. Right. We did not actually know each other. All we talked about was like, Oh, we're going to get married. And we never actually like got into who, who we you? were yeah. as people. Yeah. And of course, when we got married, that caused issues. We were not, we, we had nothing in common, literally nothing. Right. But see at the time it, it hurt me. You know, I thought I was like, wow, I'm not good enough for a marriage. And, and that was hard for me, you know, divorce at a young age. That's rough, you sure, know? Sure. And, um, so real quick, cause you know, we want to get into some of the kind of stuff that's happened after you and your, your kid's father split up. There's a lot there too, to uncover. Uh, but real quick before we go there, I'd love to know, is that the reason why you're no longer, cause you said I was Mormon. Is that the reason you're no longer with the Mormon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, as soon as that relationship failed, I, um, I started to kind of look at the religion and started to look at what I wanted for myself. And yeah, no, I definitely am not Mormon. Um, (laughs) I, I walked away from that religion and I'm happy I did. I'm not trying to get you to bash it. I have nothing to gain from that, but I, but, but, but I, I, I think there's a lot of people who are curious about the Mormon religion because from the outside looking in, it can seem kind of cult-like now that you're out of the religion. It absolutely, which, it is. It is a cult, um, but they're so good at it because they make you feel, which that's what a cult does, right? Like they make you feel this is normal. This is, right. um, which really, I think all organized religions have some aspect of that. So not to call them. Yeah, out actually, I'm not even with any organized religions because I, right. I feel like they're all a sham in my opinion. However, um, good for you if, you know, but it's just... <laughs> Yeah, no, there are so many things <laughs> that does not add up with that religion. Now that I'm an adult, like they raise you to think, you know, and it's, it's just, yeah, no, not for me. Yeah, um, I'm not yeah, dissing yeah. anyone who's Mormon. Of course, of I course. will say some positive things about being Mormon is they have wonderful family values Absolutely. and they do care about the people and their um, religion. Like my, my mom was helped so much. I, to be honest, there were times where the church paid for her electricity bill. She had seven kids. She didn't have, she was a single mom cause she finally left my abusive dad and they helped her so much. So I'm not going to like diss the religion as a whole or anything like that. You know, oh, it's not for no. me, but they've definitely have amazing family values and they definitely are a community as far as like when you're a part of their, you know, 
I think most religions have that aspect. They're in general positive, in general looking to help the community. The only thing that I feel like you lose with religion is the ability to be a free thinker. Yeah, for sure. They may, they they try to mold the way you're supposed to be thinking, and they and they make you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm not now that I'm an adult and life experience is like I'm not going to let someone mold how I think, you know. So right. and what I'm supposed to do and like make you feel like you come on, like they, you can't drink coffee in that religion. And I remember. <laughs> asking that. I remember asking. Hey, that. I'm I'm like, out right there. <laughs> that disqualifies me right away. Me too. I drink coffee every morning, and I'm like, why? Why coffee? Oh, we don't ask why. We just follow God's word. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and it, that I, was always that was always the thing. Like, oh, you know, we just trust God's words. God words. God words. But it's like, uh, you know, this is your religion's word, not God's word. Like, you know. So, I have yeah. to say that I agree with that. I do trust God's word, but it's the word that's in my own heart and in my own mind. Mm-hmm. It's not right. That's something in a book. Yeah. That is that is the religion telling you that. That is not God. You know. Right. So, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it do such great things, like you said, for people. So I'd never bash it. I think there's, I've seen people turn their lives around from being murderers and gangbangers, drug dealers. Yeah. To, you know, absolutely. I think so religion like, is a, is definitely a positive thing in any, in any aspect, you know, it makes you want to be a better person. Right. Um, but there's definitely, I feel like a line that not everybody needs it. Yeah. It's not yeah. for everybody, right? It's not for everybody. No. Uh, okay. So so anyway, you guys move back. Uh, you get around your family. You start to kind of get more empowered and realize, wait, what am I doing? You're starting to talk to other guys. It's reminding you what it feels like to talk mm-hmm. to a decent guy. You're building your business. You're getting confidence. And you go, okay, here's a sweet note. It's been real, but I'm out. Bye. What happens next? Um, I was homeless for a while. I had like no home. I was staying with my friends. Uh, for a little bit, that kind of went sour because she was literally telling him everything I was doing because mm. she was friends with both of us. So, mm. which, conflict of interest no, there. Yep, we are no longer friends. And it was actually really hard for me because she was like my childhood friend and she chose this man, this abusive man over me. And oh, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. However, yes, it, it definitely, <coughs> I lost a lot of friendships leaving him. I did. I lost a lot of friendships leaving him. So then I ended up staying with my coworker because I worked at Target at the time. And I literally stayed in like, it was like a closet, literally. It was so small. I had my two kids. It was crowded. Did it you have the kids full time? Um, that was okay. So he immediately freaked the hell out thinking I was taking his children from me, him, even though I wrote in that note that I wanted to split custody. I wasn't going to take the kids from him. Right. I wasn't going to do that. I know he loves his kids. How was he with the kids? Did, was he also emotionally? You know, that's the funny thing. Everyone, or? when yeah, 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 no, he literally had no involvement with those children when they were babies. It was like he went to work. He didn't give a hell. Sometimes he'd kiss them, but then he'd leave. And he, mm-hmm. he, and when he got home, he wanted to play video games. Mm. He, he went. He fought me about changing diapers. No, like I was their sole provider because he was the one that worked. Mm. And. But did he love his kids? Yeah. No, I'm not saying he doesn't love his kids, you know, but he was definitely not as active as he could have been as a father. Okay. So yeah, like I left him and he immediately was like, don't take my kids from me. Oh my God. Like he got a lawyer and he was like, I'm 50, 50, you know, trying to get the kids. And I was like, look, I'll give you 50, 50. That's fine. We both live here. I'm not trying to take the kids from you, you know? So we had a really, really, um, positive thing where I said, look, like I'm not, I never once would try to take the kids from you. They need you just as much as they need me. Like you're important. I'm important. We're both important. Our kids need us both. 
And I, I will always say that even now, what I'm going through now, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but like, I will always say that no matter how much this man has put me through hell and back and how much I fizz, I don't like him. I hate him. I have so much angst towards him. My children are so innocent in all of this and they still need their father just as much as they need me. And I will stand here and tell anyone that, you know, I will tell a judge that. Mm. So anyways, yeah, so we did, we got 50, 50 through the courts. Um, and no, no child support. Uh, we both agreed that I would, we, neither one of us were going to do child. I was very fair. Mm. You know, I mm. just said, look, 50, 50 across the board. We get every other holiday. You get one week. I get one week, one week off one week. And it was very fair, you know? So, and we did it and, you know, he got into different relationships and, and any kind of relationship or guide that would talk to me, he would immediately d- destroy. He'd contact them you know, for a while, he didn't even let me move on. He tried to like beg for me to get back with him. You know, I'm, you yeah, know, he yeah. wasn't going to let me go. He could just sent me flowers at work and like, and it was, it was, but I was so far gone. It wasn't even funny. You know, so those you flowers, I was like, fuck you. you. I actually remember when I got them, I literally smashed them <laughs> in the driveway. I literally smashed those flowers in the driveway. Mm. I was so upset. Like, I didn't care. I was like, I'm not. Well, you know, no, no, no. Hold on so a second. Hold on a second. That's not, I didn't care. Right. Yeah. Smashing the flowers in the driveway is pretty far from I didn't care. No, it's like fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, and and rightly so. Oh, fuck you and these flowers. Okay. No. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So so you guys did fifty fifty custody, and and I I mean I've got some of the story here in front of me, but you're doing a pretty good job telling it. What happens next after that? Okay, it gets really dark. You'd think that that was the dark part, but it gets really dark. Um, things were working. We did 50, 50 and I, and I was going to school here. Um, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, he tells me he's moving to Des Moines, which is two and a half hours away. Don't I tell him, it. no, that's not going to work. We have 50, 50. How are you going to make that work? He's like, well, I'll just take them every other weekend. I'm doing this for them. I found a better job up there. I am such an understanding, kind person that I was like, okay, I believe you. I believed him. I, I really thought that he was going to, he was moving up there to basically better the children's lives. And, but then as soon as he moved up there, literally every weekend he had them, I'm not bringing them back. They're staying here. They're living with me. I'm not bringing them back. They're going to stay here. Why won't you let them live here? And it just, it was like taking a huge toll on me. Literally almost every weekend he had the kids, he would threaten to keep them there. He would, mm-hmm. the abuse would still, the abuse was still happening, but mm-hmm. now it was with my children. Now mm-hmm. he was using my children to hurt me mm-hmm. and he did it. And, and I remember just breaking down, crying to my friends, like, he's not going to bring him back. And they're like, Oh, he has to bring him back. And I'm like, no, he's not going to bring him back. What am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. like Justina, he's going to bring him back. And he did, he'd bring him back, but it was like the turmoil of it. He mm-hmm. always threatened to keep my kids and, mm-hmm. he, and it put me in panic attacks. It put mm-hmm. me in uh, it, it messed with me really bad emotionally. Um, I started going to the gym. I started taking care of myself. Um, I was really starting to become more, more secure in who I was. And I was starting to love who I was. I really was. And that took a lot. When you leave an abusive relationship to start to love yourself again, it's, you, it's, uh, it's, um, it's not easy. You know, you really have to work at finding yourself again. Mm. And I was slowly starting to do that. I was starting to get back into who I was. I was starting to love myself. I was, I was getting, you know, I was working out. I was feeling good. I was losing weight. I lost weight. 
Um, I was awesome. getting back to where I was before I, cause I gained weight when I was with him. Cause I was just so unhappy. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and you went through two pregnancies too. So yeah, that too. So I was like, you know, I was losing weight. I was, I was feeling energized. I was, my business was blooming. As soon as I left him, my business just exploded. And when I mean exploded, it, it blew up so much that I actually had to leave my part-time job at Target and now I pursue that full-time. Awesome. Good for you. So thank you. Yeah. It was amazing to see that, you know, and it, it makes me looking back now, it's like, oh, he absolutely held me back because as soon as I left him, that's when I could really start to invest in tools that I wanted to do and like more important Fuck things. Yeah. And, and there's yeah, nobody standing there telling you, you suck all day. You can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He absolutely held me back. So as soon as I left him and I got my own place, I finally got my own place. I was able to, cause my business was doing so good. So I finally got my own place. I was so proud of myself. I could, I actually remember when I got that place, I'm going to get emotional cause I've been through a lot. Um, I, uh, I just, I cried. I couldn't believe I had my own place. You know, I was paying for that and it wasn't like some fancy, it was just like some like apartment you know, and it wasn't anything really fancy, but I was so proud of that place. Yeah. Um, because I, it was, I was doing it. It was me, you know, yeah. my business, what I was doing, I did it. My kids had their own home, they had their own place that I was paying for by myself, you know, yeah. and it felt good. It felt really good to be like, fuck you. You know, I can do this without you. Um, so it came to the summer and I said, you know, look, I'll give you the, I'll give you most of the summer. I'll just, well, what we'll do is you can have two weeks and I'll take a week. You can have two weeks. I'll take a week. I literally gave him more, more summertime than what I got right. because I had them for school and he barely saw them because he moved it to Des Moines. So I was just trying to make things work, you know, sure, trying to sure. give him more time, trying to be, uh, trying to co-parent as much as I could with him. Um, it was towards the end of the summer. Uh, and I'm probably going to get emotional here. So it was, it was towards the end of the summer. I was supposed to get them back. Uh, literally the next, it was, I was supposed to get them back in like two days. And that night I, I had taken some pictures. Um, like I said, I was starting to love myself more. So I took some sexual pictures of myself in like a wet t-shirt and posted them on Facebook. And I was proud of myself, mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. It was like an empowering thing for me. It wasn't like, Ooh, everybody see my tits. Although I've always been so free about that. Like their boobs. <laughs> However, um, he made such a big deal about it that he said that he was going for full custody, that I was irresponsible, that he's keeping them there. How fucking dare you? Like, this is disgusting. You're a disgusting person. Like this is child pornography. This is nudity. Um, you know, into the whole nine yards and, completely said he's keeping them in Des Moines. He's enrolling them there. And I knew he meant it because here's the thing. I wasn't in school anymore. He could have kept them up there and enrolled them there. So I had, it was that it was late at night. I freaked the fuck out. I, I literally had the biggest panic attack. And meanwhile, I had been conversing with a client. Um, and they were supposed to come pay for a really large cookie order. Um, it was very large. I, I run a business. I do my business. I guess I didn't say is I, I do custom cakes and cookies. So this woman, um, was emailing me and saying, you know, I need this large amount of cookies. I need them in a short time period. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said, okay, well, Hey, look, payment needs to be up front. This is like a thousand dollars worth of cookies. Like you're going to have to, and he's like, okay, well, can I just come by and bring you a check? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Thought it was a woman. Um, I'm, I'm dealing with my, my abusive ex yelling at me, screaming at me. And then next thing I know, a man is at my front door, not a woman. 
and uh, he uh, he says to me that he is the husband of the lady I'd been speaking to, and he was dropping off the money for the order. I believed him because that's happened before, you know. So he he noticed uh, that I was upset because, of course, I was crying, and and there were red, there were tears in my eyes, and my eyes were red. Mm. Um, he somehow got into my home. I was so like just distraught because I just had the biggest panic attack of my life before he came over. And he said, like, I need a receipt for this. Could I come in? And so I let him in because I didn't really let him in. He just walked in and I, and I was embarrassed. I was like, no, don't come in. You know, normally I don't let people come in my house, especially a man Mm. late at night, Mm. but he got in my home and I didn't want to be rude because I thought he was just his client. What time Uh, was it? It was like eight o'clock and that's late. It was dark. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me that he's like, well, you know what? I, he's like, I was going to give you cash. He just made up all this bullshit story that his wife was in this, the car and she was, you know, all this stuff. And I believed him and he had noticed I was upset when he got in my home. Then he told me that he knew a lawyer and I, and, I, and he said, can I ask you why you're so upset? And I told him, he said, I knew, he's like, I know a lawyer, I can help you. And, um, I believed him and like, he was just being so kind to me when I just had the biggest panic attack in my life. Like I, I was scared. I was going to lose my kids and I look, I got to get a lawyer. This is going to get bad. Like this is going to be horrible. And, and he, and he knew that he, he was praying on it. And then he coaxed me into just trusting him. And, and I thought he was just this nice old man going to help me with, you know, I had no idea who he was. I've never met him in my entire life. And next thing I know, he, uh, he put a gun in my head and he tied my hands behind my back with zip ties and he basically attacked me uh, physically and sexually. And um, he made up this excuse that he was like, before he, you know, attacked, like sexually attacked me, he made this excuse. He was like this undercover agent and that he was going to, he was going to help me like, because of their, I was a prime subject of, of, of drugs and all this bullshit. And like, I, my head was spinning. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You know, he put a gun in my head and he, and he threatened me and said that if I screamed and do you want to die? And like, it was just the worst, the worst moment of my life. Like I, I still struggle today with it. You know, it's been six, seven months now since that happened. And, um, and it's still really hard for me because, you know, I, I just got done having this huge panic attack with, with my father. My children told me it's not bringing my kids back. And then on top of that, to have a man come into my home and, and take advantage of me in every which way he could. Um, I thought I was going to die that night. I was preparing to die. Uh, oh, my God. I was I was I was preparing to die. I was preparing for him to kill me. I was preparing for him to because he kept saying he was going to take me and I was thinking he was going to take me into the woods after he did all those things to me and, and kill me. Mm, 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 mm. So that happened. And, um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Um, the next day, uh, I miraculously didn't die. He didn't kill me. He had me after he did all those horrible things to me. Um, you know, he did that and then he made me take a fucking shower and he had me drop him off somewhere and he stole, you know, he had me go get money and he, and he stole from me on top of that. And mm. I just was so hurt and so in shock. And I drove to my friend's house that night and 
had the biggest, like I broke down bawling to her and she was so confused and she called the cops and I was in the hospital. They did all this, this, this just pro, like I was just in complete shock and they were, did a rape kit on me. And I just remember signing it. was it's, Right now it's actually kind of blurry thinking about it, but mm. it was just, I was in so much shock and I, I was so hurt and you know, he violently raped me. So I was in a lot of pain <laughs> and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, it felt like it wasn't real. I felt like I was in a nightmare. I felt like I was going to wake up at any moment. I, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I was so confused. Yes. And, um, the next day I, uh, Damn it. I just remember, um, that I don't really remember much. I just remember being complete. Just, I do remember laying in bed, staring at this, <laughs> at the thing. And, kept saying over and over like I'm I've all I've all ever wanted was to be loved and now I've been used, abused and raped. And I just kept saying it over and over because I was so hurt. I, I you know I was just starting to regain my, my self-confidence back. I left this abusive man and then I had that happen to me and it just it was like what the fuck, you know, I was in so much pain and at the time, all I could focus was on that pain and, and how, how hurt I was and how how much I was struggling. And I just, I was in, just, I was so traumatized. I've never been so traumatized. I couldn't eat for months. I lost like 60 pounds. I, um, I was so hurt. I, and I still am. I still have to, I still have to like, you know, I see a therapist every week because of it. And where did this, where did this guy come from? Where did this guy come from? Who is this person? Do you know? Did was he ever caught? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that. There's a silver uh-huh. lining to it. Uh, Good, because I'm ready to fucking kill somebody right now. <laughs> I'm so fucking pissed. Like I'm sitting here listening to you, and 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 all I can think about is my daughters. I have two daughters, and thinking about something like this happening to them, or my sister who you've spoken with, or my mom, or any my my you know. My my wife, anybody, I'm so f- fuck you. You know, like yeah. listening to this happening to you, it's just. I had no idea who he was. He, I was absolutely premeditated. So what happened was, um, uh. what happened was is that he obviously found a way to get to me, which was through my business. So I don't know why the fuck he chose me. I honestly, I did find out he was stalking me. He had pictures of me. He, it was premeditated. He was planning it. So they, they, they have reason to believe that he had an obsession with me. Really? Yeah. Um, so, wow. you know, because so, there was pictures of me on his phone. They, cause, so what happened was that happened to me right away. I pressed charges, you know, they, and they were like, well, who is this person? Who is this person? And the only reason how I found out who it was, was because there was some ties to him, but I never had met him. I didn't know him. I, mm. I knew of him and this is, this is, it's kind of weird, but okay. So my mom is friends with his wife. Okay. But like they worked together. So they were never like super close. It wasn't like a family friend situation, you know? Sure. So she was friends with him and I had remembered my mom talking about, cause I remember I was in, you know, an abusive relationship with my ex and my mom's saying, you think you're in a bad relationship. You know, my friend's husband just beat her in the head with a hammer. Oh my God. And it was, and I remember bad. her, I remember her telling me this and I remember thinking that is just, oh my God, you know, that like, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my entire life. 
And she's like, yeah, she's been, he's been, he's, he's raped her multiple times, you know, and, and she won't press charges. She won't leave him. Like, like mm-hmm. you think your relationship, like, I'm not saying you're not, but she, I remember her saying like, there's worse out there. Basically. I remember her, I remember her saying that. So. Which is, which is not great advice to give your daughter, but. No, no it's not. It's not. It's not. Not at all. However, no. I do remember that. So then when he came to my home, he said he was some bullshit. Uh, oh, fuck. It's hard talking because it's fucking, it's hard. Um, he said he was some bullshit um, undercover agent. So then he said, you want me to show you my badge? You want me to show you my badge? And I said, yes, please show me my, your badge. I'm scared. What the fuck is going on? Like at this point I have my hands tied behind my back with these fucking huge zip ties, which I later found out because it was dark. He turned all the lights down. I I went from thinking there was literally, and I explained this to everyone. It was like this nice old man literally turned into a fucking demon before my eyes. Mm. Like I literally, and I remember telling him, you are so nice. Like I've never met anyone as nice as you. Next thing I know, it was like the devil himself, you know, like con you, trick you, and then just completely destroy you in every which way possible. Mm. And then I said, let me see your badge. Let me see your badge. And he's like, okay, I'll go get my badge. So he goes to my, my dining room table, turns around. There's no badge. He says, I'm going to be honest with you. I know your mom. She fucked me over. Her and her, her and my, her, her wife and her, okay, your mom and my wife fucked me over with a large sum amount of money. And I'm like looking at him like, who the, I don't fucking know who you are. Like, who are you? You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but basically he gave himself away right there. When he said right, he knew my right. mom. He's out of his When he knew mind. my mom. Yeah. Right. When he said, I knew your mom, I know your mom. And I honestly think like think looking bad at it, at it now that he was on some sort of drug because he was profusely sweating mm. like like profusely like there was sweat and that's how the cops got his dna all over my apartment because he he literally i gave him paper towels to wipe the sweat off his sweat because i was being kind mm. which then he took those paper towels and shoved in my fucking mouth for me to be quiet you know mm. um mm. Mm. I'm so, so i'm so sorry I'm so sorry. I know you're telling your story and I don't want to interrupt you and get it off your chest, but I'm so sorry that you went through that. You don't deserve that at all. Thank you. Um, Nobody deserves that, but you don't deserve that, including you. You don't deserve that. You seem like a really good person, a great mom. And I hate to hear that as you were building yourself back up, you get knocked down again. But as much as I'm sad to hear that, I'm also excited and happy to hear the positivity and strength in your voice today. Yeah. So so Um, from there, what happened? So basically the cops questioned me and immediately I remembered my mom saying that. And I asked my mom, because my mom went to the hospital. I said, what is Andrews? Because I knew it was her mom's friend. Like, like I never were friends with her and I never was close to her. I knew they worked together. I knew who she was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there was never any kind of close. I didn't know what the fuck her husband looked like. I didn't know his name. Right. Um, and she said, Stephen Mock. And my mom, my, I like, I'm getting goosebumps right now. But my, my, like, I was like, okay. So I had my phone and I, I looked at my phone and it was him. How did you know from your phone? From the email or? No, no. I asked my mom, who was that? Who was Vander's husband? Because I uh-huh. remember her telling me. Yeah. Because he said, I know your mom. She fucked me over with my friend. And, yeah. and I put it together. I, oh, I put okay. it together right then and there. 
And I remember my mom saying her, Xander's husband was extremely reckless and dangerous and abusive. So I just asked her like thinking, okay, maybe this is him, you know? And I took my phone and I looked up the name on Facebook just to see. That's what I was asking. So you looked him up on Facebook, you saw his picture and there he was. That was him. And I just, I, uh, I lost it. I completely lost it. I, and I told my mom that was him and my mom was just in so much shock Mm. and the cops, they didn't, they took into account what I said, but then they, you know, by the grace of God, they did catch him. They caught him. Mm. Um, Was he trying to run or was he just at home or what happened? He was just at home. Mm. Um, mm. So what happened was, is that the night I dropped him off, he told me he was going to kill What a fucking himself. sicko. This, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't. What a sicko. The, the guy goes did, and does this, just goes home. The shit he did to me is just, I'm not going to go into details, but it's disgusting. It's sure. beyond despicable the crap he put he wasn't just there and did that and left he was there for hours tormenting me wow um how long do you think this went on you don't have to get into detail about what happened but how long do you think the whole ordeal went on i would say a good three four hours that he was there holy fuck yeah and the whole time you're just thinking what when is this going to be over yeah i just was waiting for him to kill me you thought he was going to kill you he's gonna kill me he's really big i'm i'm definitely smaller than him um he's like 300 and some pounds he's like six six so it was like i had no power there was no way i could fight him right i was i was gonna die he had a gun you know he, he put it to my fucking head he put it in you know he put it on me multiple times threatened to kill me and he kept saying you know if, if you don't do what i tell you to do i'll kill you you know so i didn't want to die and i didn't I didn't, and I kept thinking about my kids. I remember just, I had like a flashback, you know, like this is a, like, I'm never going to see my kids again, you know? Um, and I just kept telling him I'm a mom. I remember seeing, I remember seeing something where you tell a person who's not well, that you remind them you're a person that they won't kill you. So I just kept saying, I'm a mom. I have two kids. Please don't kill me. Like, I, I don't want to die. I don't, I don't want to, please don't hurt me. Please. I, I have two kids. They, they they have a mom who loves them mm. and i just kept repeating them over and over and he kept saying shut the fuck up if i wanted to kill you i would have fucking blowed your brains out right here like he was very unstable um you might have saved your life by doing that regardless of what he said he maybe wanted you to shut up because he didn't want you to humanize yourself maybe you saved your life by doing that i think i saved my life because what happened was um I'm actually a really natural fighter and I've realized that, you know, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm very like, fuck you. I've, I became that. And naturally I would have fit, fought him for my life. I would have, mm. but I don't know what happened. As soon as he put that gun to my head, something took over me and, and it was like some, a voice inside of me said, you need to be quiet. Mm. You need to do whatever the fuck he says if you want to live. Mm. And it wasn't even what he said. It was like, now there's so, God. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It was some kind of force. It was because I'm a natural fighter. I would have fought him and I did it. I listened to him. I was quiet. I was so fucking calm. And I don't know how the fuck I was so calm. I, I spoke to him like he was a kid. I kept mm. saying things like he was like talking all this crazy shit. And I kept saying, okay, now listen to yourself. You're saying that I fucked you over. I don't even know who you are. How mm. could I fuck you over? I'm so confused right now. And then there's just, um, if anyone wants to know the whole story, I did. It is out there. The, the Des Moines Register covered it. Um, I don't. My therapist says I shouldn't talk about it in detail. But if you want to hear about it, 
you can look it up on the Des Moines register, um, under, uh, Justina Rosinski. I'm fine with putting my name. It's, it, it's all over. A lot of people know about this and that's fine because I, I don't want to be quiet. So here's the silver lining in all this. This um, is the bravery again. I respect it so much. Thank you. So what happened was the police did catch him. I was able to identify him and I took him, the County picked up the case and it went to trial and mm-hmm. I, I had to testify. Mm-hmm. I was put through, I was put through hell. I had to, it was just the fucking trial alone. You know, the thing about the whole, you know, what happened to me and it's just, it's weird how I can talk to you now without being emotional, but it's one of those things where it's like, I get why women are quiet about it because it's, it's such a personal thing and it's so stigmatized to like a he said, she said bullshit. It changes everything about you. When a man comes into your home, whether it's, and you know, my case was extreme case, you know, this man literally raped me in my own home, you know, but a lot of times it's, and I didn't know him and it was very violent and it was very horrible. And there's so many women that this happens to, but a lot of times it's like at parties and it's a guy they're talking to, mm. or, you know, it's a family member or it's a friend. Um, it's, it's, a not so, or, it's not such a clear cut story. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So, so there's, and then you start to feel like, what did I do for them to think that this was okay? I remember mm. thinking like, cause when that man came to my home, well, okay, let's, for instance, I took those pictures. I immediately was like, this is, he did this because I took those pictures. I was blaming myself. Mm-hmm. I took those pictures. I showed essentially my boobs and he, he thought he could do this to me. I did this to myself. Mm-hmm. I blame myself. I blame myself for the fact that I was wearing yoga pants when he came over. They were tight. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's probably why I was wearing those yoga pants. You know, I, you blame yourself. You automatically want to blame yourself. And it's something where they take, you know, mm-hmm your sexuality is who you are as a woman. Like my, my sexuality is, is my, I'm a, that's my womanhood. You know, that's my womanhood. That's everything about me as a woman. And when you get that taken from you in such a horrible way, when you don't consent to it, it's so detrimental to you as a, as a woman, as a person, Hmm. as just, it's, it's, it's unexplainable how you feel. And I hope you know, there's a song by Lady Gaga where it's, um, and I list, I remember listening to that over and over and over when that happened to me, just depressed and lonely and scared and, and hurt. And uh, it's the song, you don't know how it feels till it happens to you. And it's just mm-hmm. so true. You will never know how this feels till it happens to you. You know, and people always say like, you got to be strong. You got to push forward, do it. And it's like, no, fuck that. You do not have to be strong it's okay not to be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. because you're not okay. You just had some person do that to you, take so much from you. And it's, it's, you don't need to be fucking strong. You don't need to be quiet about it. You should talk about it. It's not, but there's such a stigma around it. Did you know that Mm -hmm. I found this out when I went to trial that there are thousands that the, that they get reports of this by thousands of women thousands and thousands and thousands of women and only like two of those reports goes to trial and you know the likelihood of it actually winning is literally one percent wow i didn't know that no so it becomes a so then you so then you're also thinking even if i say something they're not going to believe me they're going to get away they're They're going to get get away they're not because there's such a fucking stigma to it and the laws are shit um 
but it's, I don't think, I, but I don't think, but I don't think you know that until you've gone through the system yourself. Like yeah. if, if, you know, like you've gone through the situation, you've learned more about it, you've gotten educated on it, not by choice, but kind of by force, but somebody who this happens to, this happens to God forbid my daughter or my friend or somebody today, they don't necessarily know that what prevents them from day one calling the police, calling everybody they know and saying, this happened to me. Why? why why what's the hesitation you're you're ashamed you're absolutely ashamed of yourself you're ashamed that that happened to you you're scared you're terrified um and a lot of times it's someone you know a lot of times it's someone that you're close to a lot of times it and then it becomes a gray area although i won't even try to pretend as a guy who has not gone through that that i you know can relate because i can't but just from kind of you sharing your story and me kind of vicariously understanding it, it seems like if there's a shame thing where you immediately start blaming yourself, it's because I was wearing this, it's because I was in this, because I posted this picture. If you immediately, if there's an inclination to blame yourself, then, then I can see how maybe you think, and everybody maybe that is in your, your social circle, there's a shame thing. You don't want them to find out about it. You're embarrassed about it. I yeah. can I can kind of start to see how maybe you would want to keep that to yourself and just not a tell anybody. A lot of anybody. women do. There's a lot of women. A lot of women. Um, how do we change that? What changes that? It's the laws that need to be changed first and foremost. So I was one of the lucky cases where he was convicted guilty. He was. I went through a trial. Um, he only got uh, 25 years in prison, 17 17 years mandate, 17 and a half mandated. So no matter what, he won't even be eligible for parole until he at least serves 17 and a half years. It seems to me that most of the time, these guys don't get much time. It seems like- No, and that's the thing. It's like they get a slap on the wrist. So what do you They don't get the death penalty. They don't even get 10 years. Most of the time they get two, three, five years. In my my case, that's actually a really high percentage. That's actually really high years. Yeah, normally no, that's, it's like yeah, one shocked. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Normally it's like one to two years. Sometimes they just get parole. Sometimes why they did, just have to be. Why did like, he get so much time? Is it because it well, was because, so violent or? Yeah, no, he got so much time because it was premeditated uh, and we could prove that. Mm. And how? Um, because he came with the gun. Why? How did they, how'd you guys prove that it was premeditated? The email. He, I mean, he, uh, he uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. to get to me, you right. know, and they could yeah. prove that there right. was, there was evidence to prove that it was absolutely premeditated. Yeah. His whole premise. Uh, he had a felony, he had a gun. So there, that's another charge right there. Mm-hmm. Um, firearm, he had a firearm, a dangerous weapon, mm-hmm. which later out, I found out it wasn't even a gun. It was a high powered P a high powered BB gun. Mm. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Disgusted. And, and just, I, I could have ran and I, and he couldn't have, he would have maybe hurt me, but he wouldn't have killed me. Right, 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 right. But okay. how was I supposed to know it was dark? He kept the lights on. I didn't, you know, right, I, I right. never had picked it up. It was only on my head. Right. You know, I was terrified. I don't blame myself. And don't let that fuck with you because yeah, how would you know? And anyway, the guy oh. was pretty damn big. I mean, you know, and you were zip tied. You might, it might not have been much different. So hopefully you don't get too wrapped up in that detail. But I don't, I up. just, it just makes me realize he's a sick fucking individual. And I, and I'm upset that he only got 25 years. I feel like for what right. he did to me, which changed my whole entire life. Mm. He just, he took my life, essentially. He did. He, he didn't. I, he didn't. We're not going to let him do that. 
And it's, you know, for, hopefully you allow me to say that, but we're not going to let him do that. He didn't take your life. Fuck that guy. Fuck I mean, that guy. He, he took a, a big chunk of who I am. He changed your I, life. He changed yeah. your life, but he didn't take your life. You're still here. You got a whole lot more life to live. You got those beautiful babies. You got your business. You got your best days ahead of you. He didn't take your life from you. He changed your life and hopefully for the better. Because that's, you seem to be that kind of person that takes a negative situation and allows it to empower you. Um, and, and yeah, no, that, fuck yeah. That guy. let him rot in prison. Hopefully he dies in there. Yeah. So he was convicted guilty and he got 25 years in prison. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember, I remember when, you know, they finally, they, they said he was guilty. And honestly, Everyone was so happy and, and a part of me was relieved, but another part of me was just so exhausted from the court process mm. because it's so dehumanizing. You know, I had his lawyer be like, Oh, you said that, you know, you took a shower and well, why wasn't the door, why wasn't the floor wet? And like, this is a, he said, she said, this is a classic. He said, she said, and it's just so dehumanizing to you as a person. Right. Right. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This man came into my fucking home. He chose to come into my home and do these things to me. Right. You know, of course he was convicted. He is in prison. And honestly, I don't care. I'll say this and I don't care. Who here's it. I hope he gets killed in prison. Mm. I really do. I think it's okay to feel that. I think that, I think that's understandable. I, I really hope that he gets killed and, right. and I, and truthfully, he's such a dangerous person. Uh, that's a crazy, that's another crazy thing too. And that happened to me and I was so outspoken about it. I had multiple women come forward, say they did. He did the same thing to them, wow. but they never, but they never. So he was a serial rapist, but he never, they never came forward. They were too scared. And he, and he made up this bullshit story and, and, and that we were dating and you know, it just was just. Criminal whole- attorneys are some of the fucking most scum of the entire earth because their job is to come in and try to protect this person no matter what and they'll say anything to anybody full-face lie and they'll talk to somebody Um, like you who's a that happened to me he used my business he used my business of course so um i had orders due that weekend and i was a huge mess of course and i couldn't i could barely walk to put it that's how much he hurt me physically i could barely walk and I was telling my sister, I was like, what am I going to do? I have these orders. And no, this is when I was growing with my business. I was becoming really big. People were, I was getting recognition of who I was. And I was really becoming a, a very recognizable company in my area. And people were really, I was growing. And I was like, this is going to hurt my, this is going to hurt my reputation. This is going to hurt everything I've built. Mm. And I'm like, I, I have like hundreds of dollars of orders this weekend. And what am I going to do? Like, what, what the fuck am I going to do? And I remember my sister looking at me, she said, Justina, she's like, don't even fucking worry about your business right now. So it's the last thing you have to worry about. And I'm like, that is the first thing I'm going to worry about. Like <laughs> I have built this business from the, literally from abuse to, you know, and, and like trials and, and everything I have literally if from scratch, I have built this thing, you know, like it's like my third child. That wasn't money that, that represented, no, that represented my reputation. Your, That's what, exactly. I wasn't worried about the money. I was worried about my reputation and, and how the, the growth I grew in that business as a whole. Yeah. And so she, she was like, all right, well, let me take your phone. And she just put a really blanket statement out there about how basically there was an emergency and I will no longer be taking orders and please be understanding and we'll figure out refunds and 
all this stuff. And people just, they didn't, she didn't put enough information on there for them to understand. And next thing I know, my phone blew up. Like, when do I get my money back? This is bullshit. Like they didn't oh, understand. No. Right. So they didn't understand. So then I told her, like, so then I, I had her write out what happened. And then she kept copying and pasting, copying and pasting, copying and pasting. Like the, this, what happened to me? And everyone was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Don't worry about the money. You keep it. We're, we are so sorry. Like we have no words. Mm. And then I just remember telling my sister, like, you might as well just put it out there because I'd rather be in control of this than it become a rumor because you literally just got done telling like 40, 40 plus people, you know? Wow. Your, your, so sister, happened- your sister was doing some interesting PR and damage control there. She was. Fuck. So I told her. I, I remember I was in so much pain. I was really delirious. It was really foggy. But I just remember saying, like, that she said, okay, I'm going to post this. And I just remember her saying, okay. She posted it. She posted what happened to me on my business page. It went viral. Uh, it got shared over, I want. I don't know. It, it, it went viral, basically. Uh, so much uh, into the fact that people donated thousands of dollars to me so I could get a new home. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. And, 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 um, so I, was, how did that, how did that make you feel that support? So Here's the thing. This is, and this is why I wanted to explain this to you. Hmm. Um, looking back now, of course, that's a blessing. I ha- I was able to get the home I'm in now because of it. I was able to start my life over. I was able to get the things I needed. I was able, you know, because that man took away everything from me. He literally, I couldn't, after that happened, I could no longer go in that home. I have never seen that home since I would, I could not go in it. Right. Understand. And they allowed me to be able to get the hell out of there and get into a new place. Mm. And they, I mean, basically I was, I, I mean, I don't know the exact number. What I, it was easily three, 30 grand that I was donated. Wow. Easily. Wow. It was a lot of money. I had fundraisers left and right. And um, looking back now, it was like, wow, what an amazing community. But when you're in that situation and that happened to you at, at that time, it felt like I won a fucked up lottery. It was fucking with my head really bad because it was like this horrible thing happened to me. Is this what happens to you to be so financially secure? Do you see what I'm saying? So it, it messed with my head because I wasn't. It, like, it didn't feel like good money. No, yeah. it did not feel yeah. positive. It yeah. felt like I won. I got. It's like. Did it feel like you were almost profiting off of what happened to you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, It felt like I was getting all this money that had never got, I never had that kind of money before. I was working hard and I I did what I needed to do to get by and I was getting good with my business. But I I think I made like, what, 20 grand a year? That's nothing. I mean, And here comes the biggest windfall of your life and it's because you got raped in this. Right. And then I have like thousands of dollars, like beat, like my phone was like, and I didn't know this. Okay. I did not know my sister did this. She set this up and I didn't know it. So next thing you know, I'm like delirious. I'm, um, I'm traumatized. I'm just in shock. I'm scared because I don't know. They had at this time, they didn't catch him. I couldn't sleep. I'm thinking he's, he's right around the corner. It was just so much trauma. And then next thing I know, the next day, my phone, my Venmo and my Facebook are blowing up. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I asked my sister and she's, Oh, Jesse, she's like, people wanted to help. They wanted to help you because this is so horrible that this happened to you. And I'm like, and I, I just started immediately. I just, I, I freaked the fuck out. I'm like, this is, this isn't right. I was like, I don't want this. Like I just got, I just, I just got raped. I don't want all this money. What the fuck is going on? Like, and she's like, no, Jesse, it's, they're, they're trying to help you. And I said, I'm like, this feels like a fucking curse. This feels like I'm getting paid for something that just like, what the fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it fucked with me. It really, really fucked with me, especially where I was at mentally uh, at the time. And, 
you know, it was like, I won a fucked up lottery. And so it was absolutely associated with my trauma. So I remember um, I got a therapist and she told me, she said, take that money. Don't look at it. Just funnel it into an account. And when you're ready, you can use it when you, when you've, you know, because it money changes people no matter what, you know? Mm. So on top of that, I had people, you know, being nice to me, wanting this and that and family were wanting things because I had I, just so much money mm. and it was just like, I had never had that much money. And then what it was associated with, you know, it was absolutely associated with my trauma. It just felt so fucking weird. I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. I remember I got my place and it is a beautiful home. I I was really blessed to get a nice place. But like, I remember like getting here and just staring at the wall. Like, I don't want to fucking be here. It it felt like I was felt like I was in prison. Like, why the fuck is this happening? I just want my life back. It was almost like that was like a, a memorial to what happened to you. Yeah. It was, and and I and I couldn't fully. But do, do you still feel that way? No, I mean it's been seven months. I, I'm just starting to embrace my home and love it. But but yeah, at the time it, I hated this place. I did not want to be here. I felt like I was in some prison mm. because I was just so traumatized. And I and I everyone's like trying to do stuff for me, and I'm still in a lot of pain. Like I said, like he hurt me so much. You know, I remember going to the doctor, and the doctor said it looked like I just had a baby. Wow, you know, wow, wow. So wow. I was just in so wow. much pain. And then on, on top of that, I've got all these people making shirts for me, like people made Justice for Justina shirts, the Kiki community. I went viral in the Kiki community and the and the Kate community. Not everyone knows who I am, you know. Did, did I didn't you want know it to go me. away. Yeah, and I was becoming I was become I'm I'm well known in the community now. Like if you ever talk to any cookier, they mm-hmm. know who I am. And it was so weird. I remember like that it, it happened. And then, you know, it was a couple of weeks later. And then I had people like people I looked up to in the cookie community that were like huge messaging me. And like all these people who are like, just people that were like big and like had a, you know, were really huge, huge followings, like contacting me and telling me they cared about me and that they, that they, that they raised this for me or that here's this. And then, you know, money. And it just, it was so fucking weird. Mm. It was just, I don't know how to explain it. And looking back now, it's like, wow, people really, really like, like really cared about me, you know, but at the time I didn't know how to handle it. I really didn't. It was like, I was getting famous for being raped. How do you handle that? Um, how about now? I think now you have this opportunity to like take the voice that you've been given and kind of lead and, and be an example. Which is is what I have. I have now I've, I've been very outspoken in what happened to me. Uh, my, I'm going to start to offer things in my business where it's going to, you know, give people back like the me too movement. And I have become a voice for these people, but at that time I didn't want to be a voice. I was in so much pain and so hurt. It was like, I was forced to becoming a voice. And then of course me as a person, I was always so outspoken. So I was outspoken. Like I I was hurt. I told people that, and then people would look up to that. Mm. They'd be like, wow, like you're really like, you're really like, you know, because a lot of women are quiet about it. Right. And I wasn't. And and so much, in fact, like I said, I went, I went viral. Everyone knew who I was. And it was like, I was almost forced into being this like voice for people. And at the time I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. Right. And, um, but you know what? Life has an interesting way of kind of taking the reins sometimes. And maybe in that moment in life where your instinct was to kind of like go somewhere, isolate yourself and just heal. Life was like, no, get back on the horse. You're not going to sit and be sad right. about this. 
it's time to go be strong, get your ass back out there. And you didn't have time to sit there and kind of, yeah. Right. I had, like I said, I was already growing my business. I already had a following. Okay. I was already getting bigger as far as my business was concerned. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had 6,000 <coughs> business page, which is pretty big for one person. Mm -hmm. Then it doubled overnight. Wow. And so now I have like 12,000 someone likes and, and it was like, it was insane. Like it made my business grow so much and it like, but I, but I, I couldn't, for me, it was a negative thing. Cause it's like, these people are only liking this because I was raped. You know, it was hard for me. It was really, cause I worked so hard to build that business and I didn't want people to just hold on to the fact that just this, or here's this girl, like, here's this lady who, you know, had a business out of her home. He used her business to hurt her. So let right. me follow her kind of situation. Right. Right. But what right. happened was, is people stayed <clears throat> because they loved who I was as a person and genuinely loved my work. Right. Uh, they're like, holy shit, you're so talented. Like, this is amazing. Like, wow. So then it started to show me that. But what happened was, is because he used my business, which was so hard for me because like I said, I had built that business. It was then associated with trauma. So not only did I have to fight to get back who I was as a person, I had to fight to get my business back. Mm. I had to fight to be able to do an order and not be terrified to work again. Mm. I almost completely stopped my business. I almost walked away from it. Mm. And ultimately I had to keep my business. I couldn't let that piece of shit take my business from me. You would have regretted it. If you changed course and did something else, you'd always be looking back at that. I think, and knowing that you ran from it or you left something that you, yeah, he would have You're taken more from you. That's just, he would have been taking more from you. Right. So that's where I put my foot down. I Good didn't let him take my business. If anything, I've gotten more successful. Um, and, and I pushed, I pushed to keep it. I pushed to, to go back to it. I pushed to, uh, continue it. Um, Good. Good. And so much. In fact, I was, I was named like the best bakery in my area and, um, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, look, yeah. and on, on a side note here, uh, I'm not familiar with these terms cookier or cookie community, but I am now. And I definitely need you to get me lined up with the cookie community. I don't know if you guys ship to California, but I uh, ship. Yeah. Do you really? All right. Cool. Yeah, We're going to have to put your web, your, your website in the show notes for this. What's your website? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, I don't have a website, but you can link my Facebook. Uh, okay, it's just, awesome. yeah, it's just Sweetums Cakery. So Facebook, and then slash sweet M, sweet M, so sweet, and then EMS, and then cakery. Okay. And then it'll link yeah. right to my sweet Facebook. Sweet cakery. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. I got to check that out. So how's business for you today? I'm good. I do really good. Um, this COVID thing has been a little scary and hard. Um, mm, mm, yeah. But no, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been fun, Justina. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I feel like we're friends now. I, I'm your biggest fucking fan after this. I mean, just listen, I didn't know all this about your story. Amber shared a little bit. I saw some posts. I saw you sharing a little bit about the rape situation and I wanted to talk to you and I just didn't know that you had this much to share and your life is fucking amazing. You're amazing. Where you are right now and where you're going excites me. and. I think that you have the potential to be one of the most powerful voices of our time because I, it's very rare that you see somebody go through what you've been through and end up where you are. Your head's up high. I'm not watching you on camera, but your chin's up. I can hear it in your voice. You've got spirit. You've got life. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Your kids are very lucky to have you. 
and the world is lucky to have you. And I'm glad that you found yourself in a good place and you didn't let these things that happened to you take your joy from you because that's the worst thing, you know? That's the worst thing that could happen is for you to lose your joy. I'm so impressed by you after talking with you for an hour. So impressed. Thank you. It's just been, it's been hard because not only did I have to go through that, but now I'm going through a custody battle. You know, took my, he, he took my kids and. Mm-hmm. So he, he has them his, now. Yeah. He, he used the situation and he, he, he took them. He enrolled them in school. He got a lawyer, a good lawyer and, and he took them. So now I'm going through a custody battle and he's keep trying to keep them away from me as long as he can. You know, not only does it hurt me, but it's hurting them. You know, my, my son always says, mommy, I don't want to leave you. Mommy, why do I have to leave you? Why you're taking forever, mommy? You know, that breaks my heart because it's nothing I did. I didn't, you know, I'm not choosing this. I'm not choosing to be away from my kids as long as I've been away from them. I'm not choosing any of this. And it's, it's hard. It's really hard as a mom to, to deal, to hear your, your little boy say that to you, you know, Hmm. especially when I didn't choose any of it. So that's the next thing I have to deal with is, uh, is custody with my kids. And, uh, and they'll also be okay. They'll also be okay. It's painful. And I'm just trying to give you some reassurance because all this stuff hurts right now, but tomorrow it's fine. They'll be fine. They're still young and this is not going to follow them or permanently damage them. It just sucks like hell right now. So just be strong for them and for yourself. You know what I mean? And I'm not just trying to give you like generic fucking positive bullshit. I really mean it. I've been through similar stuff with the custody stuff and being ripped away from your kids unfairly. And I I know what you're going through. I know missing them and them missing you. And why is this happening? I get all that. But uh, there's no permanent damage there as long as you fix it. And just keep working to fix it. Put all that energy that you have into fixing it. And I think you tell your story so well. And you have... you know, the right thing will happen. You'll go to court, you'll explain what happened and they'll say, here's the right thing to do. There's no reason why you shouldn't have 50, 50 custody like you did before. Cause nothing changed except for something that happened to you. That's nothing not changed. Well, he made the decision to move two and a half hours away. So why should I be punished for his decision to move so far away? You shouldn't. And you won't. He just I got sh- you I to shouldn't. sign. He just got you to sign some shit and you've got to go to the court and straighten it out. That's all. Yeah. That's all. It's just been hard. Yeah. Well, um, this is going to follow me for today and for a long time. I'm really, really gracious for you sharing your story with me the way that you did. Yeah, of course. I'm going to put the uh, link to your Facebook in the show notes and, uh, and I'll share it when we share it on Instagram and I'm going to buy some cookies from you uh, this weekend. (laughs) And, uh, and I, and I care for you a lot. I appreciate you so much. Um, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Take it easy. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. One of the things that stands out to me the most after all that is, can you believe where she is after just a few months? This horrible thing happens to her just four or five months ago and she's already talking about her future and she's now going and fighting back for her kids and she's sounding positive and strong and I'm sure she has her down moments. I'm sure. But to be where she is already, I'm just, I'm so impressed by that and I hope that somebody else who needs it can borrow from her strength and it can help to pick them back up because she's really a strong person for what she, for where she is after what she's been through. What a strong person. Another thing I guess I want to touch on is 
it gives me some sense of peace to know that somebody out there is being held accountable for their crime. This guy's doing 25 years. I think she said he can parole out in 17 years or something like that. But that's a lot different than what happened in episode one of Web Chats where Ashley's attacker was 23, raped her when she was 13 or he was 24 and she was 13. He only did four months in jail and then moved back into the neighborhood just down the street from her house. That is a failure of the system. And I'm not the kind of person that just calls people out left and right. Look, okay, if you work in the judicial system, let's all work together. Just open your ears and your heart. Have a little bit of compassion. Think about what these people are going through. Understand that part of the reason that people don't tell and don't report it when they they get raped or molested is because they think nothing's going to happen to their attacker. Look at these failures in the system when they happen and say, hey, we've got to do a better job. And we can. I didn't say it was easy. But it's not impossible, and it's important, and it's mandatory. We've got to do a better job of protecting these boys, girls, men, and women out here from sexual assault. People are getting away with this shit. Like, when you catch somebody and you give them six months, what the fuck? Right? So I'm really... Uh, there's no win when somebody gets raped and somebody's going to prison. There's no win there. So I can't call this a win, but I'm glad to see somebody being held accountable for the crime for a change, because it's all too often that doesn't happen. Um... So that's a good thing. I appreciate you guys for joining us. Um, everybody who donated to the uh, GoFundMe campaign last week to send groceries to Fernie's kids, I appreciate you so much. We're going to do a Zoom call and let him know what we did for him tomorrow. So I'll share that and everybody can uh, see his reaction when we tell him what we did for him. I'm going to try to do more stuff like that because I think that's part of what we're building. I mean, it's so early, right? This is episode three, but I do think that that's kind of the concept here. We're finding stories that are really important and interesting and need to be told. Not all of them are sad. Some of them are just, you know, out there. But we're finding these stories on the internet and we're bringing them to you. And in those situations where we do find that somebody could use our help, if we can create a community where we can band together and sometimes offer help, maybe not even always money, maybe resources, but where we can help somebody who needs help, I think... Being able to reach out and touch somebody who really needs it and create that moment for them and change a life, um, there's something about that that feels like it's worth doing. And so do that with me. Um, That's all for this week. I appreciate you guys again for joining me. We'll see you next week on Web Chats. Before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with somebody else who might enjoy it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications. If you want to leave us a five-star rating and a review, we appreciate that so much. It really does help out more than you know. And some of you already know this, some of you don't. But my sister and I produced this show together. And we have a big, big dream to one day have enough supporters behind the show where we could afford to quit our jobs and do nothing but web chats. We can make more episodes, make more content, help more people, and have more fun doing it. And so the way that we're able to do that is through you. We have a Patreon page set up. It's patreon.com slash webchatspodcast. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash webchatspodcast. You can go there. We have three different tiers. You sign up. The lowest one is just $2.99 a month. And that will really help us reach our dream of being able to do this show as a career and make more great episodes for you guys to enjoy. So if you can offer some support there, that means the world to us. But listen. I really mean it. If you never gave us a penny, it does not matter. The fact that you're here means the world to us and we appreciate you. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.